0: up everything the st louis blues are mired in the middle of an up and down western road trip with a loss to the seattle kraken putting a sour note at the end of what was otherwise a very good stretch we'll discuss whether this team actually can improve and whether they'll ever live down the regret of trading away Cage thompson meanwhile i've returned to st louis just in time for the frozen tundra to descend on the gateway city thanks obama so let's get started and let's stay warm (laughs)
1: I really can't stay But baby
0: it's cold
1: outside I've got to go away But baby it's cold outside This evening has been been hoping that you so drop very in. nice I'll
0: hold your hand. Just like My ice. mother
1: will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your hurry? father will be pacing the floor. Listen to that fireplace so roar. Really fire. Better scurry. Beautiful, please don't well, scurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while the I Baby, it's bad out there. Say what's in that drink?
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. A very festive two guys one cup podcast a very cold two guys one cup podcast it is minus two in the ice planet hoth as we record this right now i am in the united states i i'm always in the united states Where Sometimes. That i am in missouri uh for the
1: you're, christmas you're, holiday you're further into the united states you've That's come nice back nice to nice. the heartland
0: that's right. I came just in time for all this excellent snow and just just massively cold temperatures. you know
1: I think that's there's, a big deal. Of,
0: there's a part of me that thinks like cold is cold, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I've been at, it's I, I've been at 15 degrees. That's basically the same as like minus 100, right. And then right. I step outside in this and I'm like, I, would die if i like i would actually (laughs) die if i stood out here for more than you know 15 minutes or whatever like oh yeah it would be very unsafe for me uh man it is brutal out there people
1: people live in this stuff uh in parts of the world all the time and that's literally unbelievable
0: i don't know how but uh, they do it and i'm glad we don't have to do it the weather should improve even like pretty pretty quickly at least in terms of like the horrible temperatures i believe right um, and then
1: you know yeah, at least we'll have a white christmas though i don't it's pretty rare in st louis i feel like that's true it is pretty rare
0: yeah i don't know how many i've had um, see by saturday it's already supposed to be a balmy 19 degrees so you know that's almost reasonable, honestly. That's right. At that point, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, glad everyone out there. Hope everyone out there is safe. Hope you didn't have to go anywhere or do any driving today. Hope you've been smart and all that fun stuff. Uh, oh, it was but- a it
1: was a, a uh, freaking circus at Walmart last night. We had to stop at Walmart okay. for just a moment, and I was like, oh boy, yep,
0: this is done that.
1: this is your normal Walmart crowd cranked up to a hundred.
0: Walmart normal Walmart plus Christmas Walmart plus Apocalypse Walmart I'm I like
1: sure it was I like seeing last minute like Christmas gifts people are buying or they're just like this mm-hmm. is like a sock for a dog but it's <laughs> for my secretary so here but you go she
0: has a dog so <laughs> what are you gonna do I'm
1: like oh this one and it's like a Mandalorian themed one interesting <laughs> just like but it's one yeah. sock I'm like man you can get anything here
0: I got people, some of my friends in Florida that are bitching online because uh, it's actually like below freezing there. Um, and by below freezing, I mean, uh, technically right now it's 53 degrees, <laughs> but it, ha- it is supposed to get down as low as 25 tonight. Ooh. Oh, I was
1: like, and with a wind chill, perhaps.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and then by the time I get back next week, it'll be 75 again. So, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, this is, this is as brutal as it gets. Um, things that aren't as brutal as they get are the blues though. They, they've been better than Mm -hmm. they were winning two of the games of the last three on this road trip and to the West and, uh, the three that we had to talk about today. We haven't really gone through games the same way as we used to this season, um, and I don't know if that's a trend you want to continue or not. I've kind of enjoyed it. I think that people can watch the play by play if they want to watch the play by play. However, um you know, we got uh, Barbashev goal in the first period against the Flames and then a Jordan Kyrou goal in the second. Buchnevich Todd and another Kyrou goal. Cairo pretty hot week. Uh we'll oh, talk yeah. about him more here in a moment. Um but this game was coming off of a win over Vancouver, correct?
1: Oh, this is before or no, the Vancouver sorry, win.
0: Before the Vancouver win over Edmonton, the shootout win uh, mm-hmm. that we tried to lose. Um, oh, this team right. streaky. I don't know if you knew this, but this team's streaky. Uh, big comeback. A lot of people got really excited about that Edmonton comeback. Um, and, we you live know, streamed that we did and it I mean, was pretty it was pretty cool but uh people got real excited about it and it was obviously after the predators win so we won four in a row um what did you make of this calgary game because i do think it is you know i uh, the vancouver canucks are so bad right now that like mm-hmm. even though i'm happy about that game and i'm happy about the Kairo, the hat trick as we'll talk about like It's hard for me to get real worked up about beating the Canucks, you know, like there's certain teams, even if we even if we're bought into oh, the boys are pretty bad this year, you know, trade the UFAs, go for the draft pick. We should still be beating the Canucks and the Ducks and the Coyotes and the Blackhawks and that sort of stuff, you know, like we're not in burn it to the earth rebuild mode. Um, But this Flames game, I did think, was one of our best performances. Uh, Grice got the start. He has been surprisingly good this season you know I mean he's not uh he's not uh the second coming of Terry Sawchuck out there but he's doing all right um for a 1.5 million dollar goalie or whatever he has what did your take what were your takeaways from this game and general impressions on the win over Calgary
1: yeah Calgary is a team too that I feel like the Blues should beat even if they're bad like Calgary is still right above the Blues in the standings. They're 36 points. Blues are 33. Um, but at the time, Calgary was struggling. Right now, they're like 5-2-3 and three in their last 10, and that's off of two wins they've had since playing the Blues. So, I mean, they could have been mm-hmm. even worse before that. Um, so, I honestly, I thought, like, this should be, a, like, a 50-50 game. But really, it's like if you want to prove that you're a team on the up-and-up, you should be able to beat Calgary because that's the team ahead of you. you got to catch them if you want to make a wild card spot. And I'm glad to see that they did. Like you said, Grace played really well. Um, I thought the, obviously the offense showed up. You've got two goals from Jordan Kairou, Pavel Bouchnevich, who's like a point of game player. He might not have not played all the games this season, but every game he has played, he seems to be tallying an assist, a goal or more. Um, and then Connor Mackey, who I've never heard of, no one's ever heard of. It was his first goal <laughs> of the season, his second goal of the season. He also hit the crossbar at one point, crossbar. Um, well, and man. he could you could have this this completely unknown human being could have had a hat trick. <laughs> it was so close to the hat trick; <laughs> it's kind of insane. Um, but you know, playing in Calgary actually kind of remind me of watching the Blues play because they had some really terrible turnovers that led like straight to Blues goals. The sad goal was a turnover. The Bushnevich goal was a turnover, Um, and we capitalized on it, which is good because. Calgary did hammer the Blues for 43 shots versus, like, the Blues 24. I didn't think they were overly dangerous, though. Um, I didn't think, like, Calgary looked like they were putting on a clinic with all those shots. I feel like the Blues actually did a really good job of like, keeping them to the outside for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, as as much as, as much as I want this team to pick a lane, and I feel like picking the we're going to contend for the cup lane – is silly but you can it's the lane you can pick um i'm still glad that they win some of these games because it's like i just don't want it to be super dire and then when you're winning them i want like the players were holding on to kairos bushnevich's things like that to score and look good and i thought they really did um so i mean it was was a a good win overall i'm glad they were able to put up like five goals and, and none of them were empty netters and like that was after the the whatever it was one nothing game against Edmonton, and so you needed you needed some sort of statement to show that you had some offense. But so they they had that in this one. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it was uh, it's a it's convincing victory. It's on the road, back to back wins against both the Alberta teams. Mm. Hey, you know you can't complain about that stuff. That's it's a hard line to walk this season. And it feels like these podcasts always fall on the worst days because, like, <laughs> if this had come before the um, Seattle game that we'll come on to talk about here in a minute, we'd have been pretty positive. And, you know, we'd have done the, hey, maybe things are looking up for this team. And if it came after the Vegas Golden Knights game, we'd know a lot more one way or the other, you know, but right yeah. here before the Vegas game. It feels a little bit like, well, some things improved, but now we got this whole new thing to worry about. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Canucks game. Really, I would say the big takeaway here at the Kyrie hat trick, the Canucks are so bad. I mean, they're real bad. They're talking about trading anything that isn't Pedersen, And, uh, you know, Bo Horvat is, like, not speaking to J.T. Miller and, like, all sorts of God knows what. Bo Horvat, by the way um you know i don't know what our what our rebuild retool re whatever (laughs) process looks like but like if we trade o'reilly and then go pick up Horvat as a free agent you know assuming it's not an eight-year deal but more like a five or six that'd be something i'd definitely do um it probably would have to be a seven-year deal though so then maybe not as much but like uh him and him and thomas i guess they're too similar maybe they they don't complement each other enough, but Uh, That would be interesting. But in any case, um, yeah, we're Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'd need a a new center if we got rid of, uh, if we get rid of uh, O'Reilly, so. That's Uh, half the fun.
1: That's half the fun in getting rid of players is like, well, Teresenko and O'Reilly leave. You're going to have someone, it's not a Kyrie Thomas, you know, they fill those roles, but then who fills those roles that they're leaving? So, yeah. There's going to be some turnover.
0: I know this also almost never actually happens, <laughs> but I could see us going to O'Reilly with the old, "Hey, what if we trade you and then sign you back?" Huh? You know, oh, yeah. what if we do one of those switcheroos? Um, you know, because O'Reilly is the kind of guy that might uh, might take them up on that, might understand what it does for the organization, and hell, might want to finish the season with a contender if, you know, if this <laughs> season seems lost but it doesn't seem like the franchise is burning down. But in any case.
1: um, How's your love of hockey looking there, Ryan? (laughs) On what scale have you lost your love Uh, of hockey? On a scale of
0: Buffalo to Barbados, what's your love of hockey right now? Um, Kyrie, though, you know, with 16 goals now, obviously he misses the um, Seattle game, which is worrisome, but we'll come on to talk about that. Jordan Kyrie is a superstar um it's kind of ironic and i know we've talked about this a lot that we can touch on it again because it keeps coming up but it's kind of ironic that this came up kind of during the peak of all the oh maybe we shouldn't have traded tage thompson talk Mm -hmm. you know which is just like again it's just so asinine in every level to even just to what it's i guess you just have to people just have to fill characters and and column inches and, right. and minutes on the radio and all that but like yeah he's great he's good good for good for buffalo his underlyings are still god-awful and <laughs> he we want to freaking stanley Cup, you know so like i don't i don't get that whole argument but it was kind of cool to see kairu um literally immediately be like hey i'm also here and you know has the potential i think to be every bit as good as Tage johnson if he's not already kind of there
1: definitely faster definitely yeah, smaller definitely, um <laughs> definitely i was say both
0: of those things yeah
1: i like with the tage thing it's just like you had this player he's gone now it it's sure it stinks like in the terms of like would i have would i rather would i like to have him on this team yes but i can't have him on this team because we made the trade and we got the cup whatever but i feel like sometimes people are making just this weird argument we're like but wouldn't you like to have him on this team though still like sands winning the cup and it's like sure like i just feel like it's like wouldn't you like to have uh prime wayne gretzky on your team right now and it's like yes or wouldn't you love to have cindy crosby Uh uh-huh It's like yes he was here we traded him but like that's i don't know it's over. I guess like maybe if we hadn't won the cup and O'Reilly was just like a stick in the mud here and all that, like then yeah, it looks shitty, but that's not what happens. So I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know why, why people can't like root for the guy too. Cause like, I know he wasn't here that long, but he had some time here and I feel like, Hey, it's nice to see like a former blue doing like extremely well. Um, I get he's younger. It's not like Jane Schwartz going to like the Kraken and lighting it up and you're like, eh, we weren't going to keep him anyways. He's old but like it's a prospect and all, but in that trade, I think we were talking about earlier this week, like they were going to want Thomas then, or they were going to want Kairou then if it wasn't Tage. And do you really want to give up either of those guys for Tage? Cause like you could give up Kairou, but then Tage is playing well as a center. And is he ever going to play that well as a winger? Cause he wasn't playing that well as a winger in Buffalo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you give up Thomas. So now you have Tage and Kairou. Is Tage really like, the center you can even put with kind like he's a goal scorer too so like I don't know sometimes I think surprisingly minus the cup this was actually a good move like our pieces mm. fit better I don't really know what this team looks like with him on there obviously they they build around him and everything if he was playing this well with the blues but yeah I don't know it just it feels like exhausting that when he does well people ought to be like man I don't know. And it's like, it's fine, dude. I don't like, I don't care. He could he, honestly 50 goals every season. He could be like a Mike bossy 50 goals every season. I'm like, wow, that is nuts. That is crazy. And I don't care. Like, that's fine. That's awesome. Good. I don't I just don't yeah. understand. I'm just like, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Like if he goes on here, you know, the only thing that makes us any different. And even then it's not true is and like he if he wins cups for yeah his, he wins like freaking two three cups there and then i'd still be like yeah but if we we Which, our way, trade got, got us a and, cup
0: yeah he it's not about going us versus to, the buffalo sabers with all due respect to the sabers he's as good as he's been they still haven't improved none so I like
1: <laughs> i that's exactly I, yeah, it though was, you look at that team and you're like i know it's not your trade you're not trading the teams but in a sense it's like Would you rather what we have now or in the history of all that, or would you rather be the Buffalo Sabres with Tage like lighting it up? It's like, I'll take this, please. Yeah, We've already had 50 goal scorers. And stuff. I think that's a big difference too. I feel like, I feel like older fans online don't care as much. I feel like younger fans like, ah, I love Tage. I loved when we drafted him. He's a young guy. He's got, he's got a swagger and all that stuff. And it's like, Hey, Granted, I was younger, but it's like we've seen Brett Hall score 50 plus goals a season. We've seen, you know, Pierre Turgeon and, and, um, who am I thinking of? Pavel oh, Dimitra. Chris and we've, yeah, and we've seen Al McInnes right, and Keith Kachuk and we've Chris, seen Chris Pronger. Pronger
0: win a heart and a Norris in the same season and, and the President's Trophy and still come nowhere near uh, uh Stanley Cup, you know? Uh, so like,
1: it's like we've had all not that enough. success and he never won it. So, like, it's not like you traded away a 50-goal score. It's like we've never, ever had a good player before. And it's like, yes, we we have. It's okay. But we, now we got the yeah. cup. You checked all your boxes.
0: Yeah. and I like I'm, not I'm not angry.
1: I'm not angry.
0: Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we're beating a dead horse at this point, but I'm going to continue to beat it because I also don't like – I don't even really buy into the – Oh well, see now it's not a policing thing. People said it was a policing because it's not. I'm like, we got handed an immediate Stanley Cup mm. only because of the guy we got. Not like like compared to the Brett Hull trade. Like they got Rick Wal- Rick Walmsley and Rob Ramage. Is that right for that mm, in that? I deal? think so. And um, we're 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 young boys fans. Forgive us if I got this wrong, but I'll look it up. Um But. um And those were pieces that they then went on to win the cup with the following season, Um, Rob Ramage and Rick Wamsley, Look at me. Mm. Uh, But you can't point to that cup win the following season and be like, this is the reason, the only reason the Flames won the cup (laughs) this year. The Blues can with Ryan O'Reilly. They definitely can. The Blues don't even make the playoffs that season without Ryan O'Reilly. And then it took five years for Tage Thompson to develop and then he still hasn't made them relevant now that he's playing at star level. And listen, maybe he does. And maybe, maybe that makes it a great trade for the, for the, for the, uh, savers, but the weird, like, well, everybody was idiots when they said it was a policing. no, They weren't because we got a cup. And for three years, Tage Thompson looked like a nobody. And there was no reason. I know there are people out there that want to say, well, we knew it all along. No, you didn't. No, you did not. You may have seen something in a training camp or something that you thought was like, oh, pretty impressive. But nobody was sitting here during the 2019-20 season saying, I still think Tage Thompson's going to be one of the league's premier scorers. Like, (laughs) uh, you're full of shit. No, you weren't saying that. Nobody was saying that. Nobody on earth was saying that. So it is what it is. Be happy for him. We can move on. But Jordan Kyrie is very good. Robert Thomas is very good. Glenn Coston didn't pan out. Um but you know I wouldn't trade I certainly wouldn't trade Robert Thomas for uh Tage Thompson. And I'm not even sure I'd trade Jordan Kyrie for Tage Thompson. Um and uh you know I'm I'm happy with the pieces we had so we can move on I suppose. Um yeah that Vancouver uh, when I'm just not, there's not that much that I can take from that because Vancouver's really bad. They had the jersey thrown on the ice at the end of it.
1: <laughs> How um, many have they had now this season? I feel like this is so definitely many. not the first. This is probably even like so. Cor- the fourth. Or go ahead, sorry. Oh no.
0: Yeah. Even so Corsi 4 was 50-50. The Canucks had more of the high danger chances and expected goals. And listen, you know, we got some PowerPoint goals. That is a big part of that. Um, you can say all you want about, oh well, the advanced metrics mean nothing. That's still concerning to me. We're getting outplayed pretty significantly by the Canucks five on five, but hey, it say, is they, what it is.
1: They looked good for parts of the game in the offensive zone. Like I definitely remember thinking, uh, like, ah, they could, they the have actually mean, yeah, they have players that can score still, and it's like. OK, this is this is a little dangerous. But then when we were in their zone, they looked freaking terrible. And like in the neutral zone, I think that's the easiest I've ever seen the Blues skate the neutral zone all season long. It was like there were no problems whatsoever. Um, like you yeah. said, two power play goals um, in this game during Kyrou's first career hat trick in the NHL, uh, which I, which makes sense, I guess. He's still kind of early in his career, but I still thought somewhere in there he already got one. that Um, does
0: make sense but i i you know we love john kelly here but i don't know if you heard the call he was like jordan tyro finally has a hat trick oh yeah he's not like 34 bro (laughs) it's not like jay mcclements first hat trick do you remember where you were when jay mcclements scored his first hat trick because i do i remember very
1: distinctly. i do remember it happening yeah,
0: I remember, I don't remember where I was. I mean, I was on college campus somewhere, but it was just so funny because it was so, I think there were like two shorthanded goals. or I mean, it was. <laughs> well, that, that would make sense. Or a shorty in an empty net or something like, against all human problems. That is, uh,
1: that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing for the other team. <laughs> like, honestly.
0: I'm, I'm going to find it. You keep I'm gonna talking, I'm going to find yeah, it. You've um, won it too. October 30th, 2010. First Guess career hat trick against the Atlanta Thrashers, baby. Oh, yeah. and that's
1: when they move. They move the next season because of that embarrassment. <laughs> <Yeah, they were
0: laughs> like this is this is the it's over denouement of our existence.
1: The fucking okay, the uh, owner said hot dog, and he sold the team.
0: That's right, uh, October thirtieth, Blues uh, Thrashers. Let's see. All right, Hockey Reference. Here's the box score. Um, what was the score? About? Jay McClemmet, uh 4-3. to three. It was a nail-biter. Wow. Jay McClemmett assisted by Matt D'Agostini and Alex Steen. 11.58 mm-hmm. uh, into the game. Uh, none of these, wait, hold on, let me check, let me check. Uh, none of them were shorthanded. None of them wow. were on the empty net. So my apologies to Jay McClemmet. Uh Jay McClemmett assisted again by Matt D'Agostini and Alex Steen in the third period, the game-tying goal at that point. Was this was a line? By, <laughs> apparently. And <laughs> then assisted by Alex Petrangelo and Nathan oystrich to tie the game, excuse me, late in the third. He tied the game. It went to a shootout. TJ Oshie and Brad Boys were successful on mm-hmm. Andre Favilek. Rich Peverly and Alexander Burmistrov were unsuccessful against Yeros LaLawak. And we won the game. The In that third period, both Alex Petrangelo and David Backus took penalties for kneeing. A minute wow. apart, too, which I've, is got to be, you know, a first. David Backus took a penalty in it, each period, proving how versatile he is. Uh, and there were three different <laughs> penalties, showing the variety of the skills. Oh, wow. Good job, the David. Took a hook in the first, a uh, interference in the second, and the aforementioned kneeing. Altogether, the Blues took one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different minor penalties. Uh, Eric Brewer, Patrick Berglund, uh, and David and Barrett Jackman, the other offenders. Uh, Zach Bogosian took two of his own in the third period, and uh, it ended up being a Blues win. Uh, Bl- Ian, you want to you want to guess for me the Blues leaders in time on ice that night.
1: Oh, um, what is this I 2010?
0: Two of them 2010, yeah. Okay, so you can give me the two defensemen, but then give me uh, a couple of the forwards too.
1: Can I get no wait for these two? Yeah, it's not that's not Petrangelo and Jackman already. No,
0: petrangelo is the leading defenseman, yes,
1: really. Did we did, did we still have Johnson? Two, a
0: plus two on the game with seven shots. Eric Johnson was still here. Okay, this we was still free trade. Him. Okay. Uh, he was third at ice time behind it. Eric Brewer, who was still here. And uh, Alex Petrangelo
1: played on this team when all these other fucks were on this team. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, wait, it's October though. You said it's October game. Yeah. We sent him back, right? I think we sent him back.
0: Yeah, that's probably right. Okay. Juiced juiced his friggin' minutes.
1: Um, center forwards, center. I mean, Bacchus is Bacchus a leader? He's got well. Me. Remember that Bacchus committed like twelve, oh. so, he was- <laughs> <laughs> so he can't lead the that nice That's right. Sad. He was
0: literally ineligible. Mm. Leading, listen to this friggin' Frankenstein roster. Okay, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna end Go your suffering it. here. uh Petrangelo, Brewer, Johnson, and Jackman; those were the four leaders. Euro, a locking goal. Mm. Then we had T.J. oshi Andy McDonald, David perron Patrick Berglund, Alex Steen, David Backus, Jay McClellan, the hat trick despite being 12th in Ice Time, Brad Boys, Matt D'Agostini, Nathan Oystrick, who I swear isn't a person, BJ Crombean, who's like Mm -hmm. an accountant or something now, Tyson Strachan, Vladimir Sabotka, and Brad Winchester.
1: We already had Soboka? Damn.
0: Yeah yeah we sure did I,
1: I looked up that oyster guy because the name sounded familiar but it really shouldn't sound that familiar he's played nine games with the blues but that uh-huh. assist he had was one of two assists he ever had on this team uh so future, there you go
0: future blue chris thorburn was like fifth in ice time for the uh thrashers with 1644 they also had andrew ladd zach bogosian and uh, Dustin Bufflin, Johnny mm-hmm. Oduya, some really good players on this team. Evander Kane, Ron Hainsey was there, apparently. Britt Sopel, who I remember from uh, uh, Gordle recently, uh-huh. <laughs> but um, yeah, they would move on to the Winnipeg Jets the next season, I believe, right? I think so, yeah,
1: 2011.
0: Other games on that night included Washington versus Calgary, a 7-2 defeat Featuring a uh, two-goal night from Alexander Ovechkin. So I'll be the first to say it. Jay McCliment, better than Alexander (laughs) Ovechkin.
1: On this night? On
0: October 30th, 2010, Jay McCliment was the better goal scorer than Alexander Ovechkin. And uh, by the way, the Calgary Flames went out to a two-goal lead. And then surrendered seven <laughs> unanswered goals in the first and second period to lose seven to two. So, um, man, I could I could probably name almost everybody on that Capitals team because that was uh, our our friend, more my friend than your friend, but you've met him several times. Jordan and I, hmm. when we were in freshmans and freshman in college, took the O. I think the '09 10 Capitals, so the year before this, as like our team in franchise mode and just managed them together. It was so much fun, <laughs> um, but man, it was it was a good time to play with young Ovechkin on that shell. Oh, dang! As good as it gets. A little water. Uh, so anyway. There's your time capsule game. We should do that more often. That was fun.
1: That's right. uh,
0: but yeah, let's travel back to the future. Hey, they should make a movie about that. <laughs>
1: and talk <laughs> Don't have about sucked teams. with your mom.
0: That's right. Uh, and talk about a team that did not exist in 2010 or 2020 for that matter, the Seattle Kraken. They've been good this season. They got the win over us despite having really struggled in the build-up to this. Ryan Donato with the opening goal. Carson Soucy. Daniel Sprong. Man, talk about a friggin' Frankenstein team. Oh yeah. Jared McCann and uh, Brandon Tanev with his laser eyes and and the um, faraway stare. Uh, Jaden Schwartz with maybe his first point against his old team. Uh, Vince Dunn. Also on that goal, I didn't notice that that was done to Schwartz to Tanab, but you know, glad that they got to take the dagger. It <laughs> was like dangerous. Colton, Colton Pareko with a goal assisted by Brown and Toropchenko, both of Brown and Toropchenko's first assists and uh, Pareko's second goal. Uh, you know, pretty thorough beating here on the hand of the on the side of the Kraken. Um, and uh we were without kairu we played it was a uh, it wasn't a back-to-back right it was one day before yeah um, this was
1: or this was yeah yeah, right yeah, yeah. um or wait
0: but, no this was know, this was
1: back-to-back jk vancouver and this were okay. back-to-back
0: okay so you know maybe it's just tired um and a western yeah. nerd trip and kairu wasn't there but what did you see that worried you beyond that that was a very non-committal year
1: yeah i mean that's what i wanted to give them i'm like you're tired you're not not every game is you being super shitty like sometimes our team's gonna win but that excuse aside like they didn't have like a four check i don't know if they were just again tired and that's why they're slow and they could never get in on the four check at all all game but it just did not exist Um, and I honestly, if we hadn't, if if we hadn't, if we don't, don't have the game coming up tomorrow against Vegas, I would have thought this was the sleepwalk into the Christmas break, you know, just like, eh, we're the end of the end of our road trip here. And it's our last game before break. So we'll just kind of phone this one in, but they have one more against vegas tomorrow so
0: not to mention that this team has forfeited its right to (laughs) sleepwalking.
1: yeah i don't think you have the runway to fucking do that i don't think you're like (laughs) yeah you know what they they don't all matter well yeah you said that you said that from game four onward like um i don't think that works yeah like i mean it was pretty thorough like i thought nick letty had a really shitty game defensively like i thought the whole team had a pretty bad game defensively but there's a few gaps he had that I was oh, like. Oh, I saw boy. someone
0: say Nick Wetty looked amazing, so they were being sarcastic.
1: Uh I mean, I, I think he had like a direct turnover in one of these goals. It must have way. been.
0: No, I mean, like it must have been. It must have been. um. It
1: sure was. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Maybe the Jared McCann one. That one was a really shitty Grice goal. Like he's kind of he's turned to the side. He doesn't really ever get quite squared away and get back, and it just leaks right through him. And it's like, oh boy. Um, I mean, the Blues look pretty good in the third, and I think the biggest issue here was actually coaching because Pareko scores five minutes later, Bushnevich scores, and then they actually look like they're pressing for a while. And then with, like, frickin', what is it, like, over four minutes left in the period, Bruby pulls the goalie, and I get it, you're down two goals, you need to score two goals, got to get, it's never gotta get those though. goals. It's not going to work. Yeah, I'm like, why would you do it so early? They're buzzing, and, like, I think he did it, like, when possession was... Not established completely, at least. And it's like, and then it's right out. It's just right out of the zone in the back of that. And it's like, I get we're already losing. I get this didn't like make us lose, but I'm like, you didn't really give them the best chance, especially because they actually looked like they were they were starting to put um, their foot on the gas a little bit there, but too little, too late. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's the first time the Kraken have beat the Blues, I think. Um, I think I saw stat, the Blues like, it said they were like 5-0 and o against the Kraken so far and I was like we've played five games against the Seattle Kraken already um, but yeah they I mean they look good this, they look like they can actually score which is a lot different from last season that's for sure uh, like you said they're kind of into a Frankenstein team every time someone scores a side from McCann and Tanev I'm like Donato Susie Sprong I've heard of all of these people I've not heard of any of them on this team specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch. I hope they keep up so they can be in the playoffs and we can see if they can make, you know, a rivalry out of Los Angeles or Vegas or wherever they get. But Blues, not so great. Gushnevich, um with his point, with his goal, with his one goal, one point mm-hmm. becomes the sixth fastest player in Blues history to score 100 points for the team. Um, he's only played 24 games this season, which is like missing a whole nine or 10. But he also has recorded 24 points, 11 goals, 13 assists. So he's, I really do think he's actually looked obviously like our most consistent player mm-hmm. scoring wise. Like Kyrie's been very streaky. He's on crazy fire now. Same with Thomas. But like, Bushnevich is one of those guys that when he's out of the lineup, I really, feel like you miss him a lot and that's when we didn't have him in there for three or four games all the lines looked a little jumbled up I think the same thing could be said actually of like Kyra being gone this game they I think Ruby did too much I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly he didn't just yeah he, he didn't slot someone into Kyra's spot and then like leave the rest of them alone I think he literally messed with every line to like compensate for that. And I feel like it showed in this game too, where it's like, ah, look, we're all tired and we don't play with each other. So this is a recipe for success. Yeah. Uh
0: Ian, if you'll please kindly uh, turn your attention to the screen I've shared here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taking a look at Nick Letty's player card on evolving hockey um, for last season. Uh, this is technically a three-year player card. So let's try to limit it to just one year. Uh, we can't do that yet so let's make it a three year um
1: <laughs> can't do that all so right back. it's
0: it's not great it's uh, a 15 overall it's uh, an 18 on uh def- offense actually is better side and a 17 on defense this is out of 99 by the way um so <laughs> not going great i would say but let's just you know, fifteen overall. Let's switch over to David Perron because I'm sure this decision has paid off handsomely for the Blues, and he is. And wait for it, wait for it, eighty five. <laughs> so it's going great for the Blues. He has really failed in his new home. I'm glad we didn't make uh, make that decision. Uh, honestly, um, you know, I know we haven't. I, I know we've beaten this drum a few times. Before, um, but uh a completely unforgivably bad decision by Doug Armstrong, one of his worst. Um, and people could say I'll talk until they're blue in the face about we need a defense, we didn't need more offense. Well, first of all, we're not scoring enough goals to win this year. Second of all, Nick Wetty's not playing good defense, and third of all, it should have been obvious to everyone that Nick Weddy was not a defensive solution for this Perfect. team right it's just more money after bad money it's just bad money after bad you know
1: and they're like now, we need a defenseman i'm like and then we get nick letty and i'm still like yeah i agree we do need a defenseman yeah, exactly. that's not the one exactly. sometimes it is the thing where people are like well, what they got to get somebody and i'm like they have people there are people in the system yeah. i mean like you're willing to play robert Bortuzzo like regular minutes so, like, if you're willing to do that, <laughs> just call someone <laughs> up behind them. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, right. Like, if you don't, you don't actually give a shit about defense because of what you've assembled. So, like, yeah, I get they're the GM. They're not, they're not a fan. So they're going to look at it different. So, this might not necessarily apply. But from a fan's perspective, I'm just like, you, you don't owe it to David Perron, but like, he makes your team better compared to nick letty and it doesn't matter if he's like a forward or defenseman like he's bringing your team up by just being yeah. on this team so like uh, i don't care if you're like I'm, i honest to god don't even know like let's say prunovich is not hurt or whatever you've run out prunovich mikola bortuzo um pareko Fock, Krug. that's shitty but like whatever like you throw Nick Letty in there, I honestly don't feel that much <laughs> difference. So it's like uh, with David Bronot up there, I think not only is it like you're lost a great player, like a great power play player, just a great like two-way guy, but like he's definitely a locker room presence. They talk a lot about how it's like quieter in the locker room because he just like talks all the time, which is funny because they made it sound like they missed it. But I do remember like I don't even know what it was, like seven or eight years ago. I think when he wow. left that the whole indictment was like, Yeah, he just he just jabbers and jabbers and it's fucking annoying <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think he, he meant a lot to this team. And I think the fact that they were like, Well, how about four million for a year? And he's like, No, and they're like, Well, bye then, is just kind of like shitty. I don't know. It's this I can't I just can't believe Piran aside, that you were like, We already have three bloated defensive contracts here i can't obviously and nor should i give nick letty eight years at 6.5 million due to the age and how well he actually plays but i'll give him literally the next best thing which is a slight a slight less amount of money for a slight less amount of term like what did they sign him for like four years oh letty yeah right yeah it's four by four freaking embarrassing
0: i mean our our, our whole defensive <laughs> oh. contract situation is abysmal.
1: And was I know Marco Scandela hurt yet at this point? Did he have his I don't think he like could ruin this we hit.
0: didn't he wasn't on the IR when we made that decision? Yeah. Know. What in God's name? Look, I mean to I, be Rose fair, to be fair, Doug may have known that he was gonna be on the, the IR, but like yeah,
1: he was but not like, on the IR when the decision look Marcos Scandela terrible. I get it, but like at the same time, like, scrap what I said before. You Literally, just, just switch Letty with Scandella, and I'm like, who's the wiser? And then you keep. But running. you signed,
0: but you signed a Scandella replacement too. That's you didn't sign, you didn't sign a Petrangelo replacement. You didn't sign a uh, an Edmondson replacement. You signed a a Scandella replacement and a bad one.
1: We Look what this has done. Look what this has done. Missing out on Petrangelo
0: million dollars on our top four defensemen that doesn't in count, include Marco Scandella we are spending uh, as high as all but I believe two teams on uh, defense um, sorry right now right now we're fourth because Scandella is on uh, IR but if Scandella wasn't we'd be first I believe judging by this although I don't know who else is on LTIR uh, you care. You care to guess the three teams ahead of us in defensive scoring? Here's a, here's a here's a hint. Most of them have a good defense. Oh,
1: really?
0: And uh, you can probably just think by some of the big defensive yeah, contracts so like, in the.
1: Yeah, Colorado Avalanche. They they're clear? second. They're second.
0: They uh, notably have a good defense.
1: Yeah, that's right. Who's? Yeah. But see, the problem is there's some really. Highly, and now I'm like going through all the high paid defensemen, but some of those ones are on bad. It's not teams.
0: Carlson, it's he's they're right below us, and uh, Petrangelo is a little bit below them, so yeah. I'll just go ahead and tell you unless you tell want to me. keep guessing. no, no, no. The other I'm two suffering. are the Boston Bruins, oh, notably McAvoy. good defense. Uh, McAvoy and um, Hampus Lindholm, oh, yeah. also yeah. making a good chunk of change. Brandon Carlo, uh, Matt Grizzlick. but guess what? They're playing. Brandon Carlo and Matt Grizzlick together what we're paying, like uh, Nick, one of our top three and change. And I'd take, I'd trade any of our defensemen for either any of those guys. One for one, oh, no yeah. questions asked. Um, and then the uh, Nashville Predators who, you know, not good this season, but Roman Yossi's is pretty good. And Ryan McDonough's there. Um, and, you know, they're they're probably more similar than, to us than those other two teams, but I would still swap our defense one for one with the Predators right now. So, oh yeah. Um, speaking of the defense, uh, that Jeremy Rutherford wrote an article. I believe this is JR, right? Yeah. Um, and he had a section called "Dare to Have Faith in the Defense." And he said, when I talked to Berube on Sunday, he was complimentary of how the Blues had played in their own zone lately. He felt the forwards were getting back and doing their job, and the defensemen were tougher in front of their own net. The recent numbers bore that out. In their four-game win streak, the Blues allowed a total of six goals. Nashville 0, Edmonton 3, Calgary 2, and Vancouver 1, and just four of those six goals came at even strength. I doubt many of you dared to have faith in the defense. But if you did, that evaporated in Seattle on Tuesday. At the end of the second period, the Kraken led 4 to nothing on 26 shots, including two breakaways, and the Blues had 10 defensive zone turnovers. It didn't get any better in the third. You might make a small case about the Blues' recent schedule, which has seen them play four games in the last six days and six in the last ten, which included three sets of back-to-back games. But there would be a better case that the issues we saw against Seattle were different than what we've seen when the club has rested untimely line changes, ill-advised pinches, and odd man rushes. It was another night of the Blues allowing four goals plus in a game, which happened Tuesday for the 17th time in the 32 games this season, and three goals in a period, which happened for the 13th time. I assume that when Rutherford wrote that, he, you know, typed it that exact same way. But Ruby was right. The all-around defensive play had been trending up, but it didn't seem sustainable and it wasn't based on Tuesday's performance. A little bit of savagery there from JR. Yeah, right. Uh walk us through some of these statue phones. Yeah,
1: I was right? funny because when it was funny when he said that the numbers bore out, but his numbers were literally just like how many goals got scored against goals. them. Yeah. Which I mean, um, that's the end result. I get it. That's that's true. They have not been scored on as much as as recent or as recently as they had in the past, minus that Seattle uh-huh. game. So even with, I threw the Seattle game out. I said, let's just look at the four wins they had in a row. Um, over that time period of those four wins, the Blues were following at, or the following at 5 to 5 in the league. They were 27th in scoring chances against per 60. So 32.19 scoring chances against per game across those four or average out across those four wins that's 27th in the league they were 31st in high danger chances against per 60 but their save percentage over this time was first in the league 0.959 their high danger save percentage was fifth in the league this is just a case of goaltending getting hot goaltending looking good mm-hmm. i think i think has looked pretty good I think Bennington looks like he's he's back to, to prime Bennington these last handful of games, which is great. I mean, that's what you need if you want to turn the ship around. But the defense just hasn't – I mean, you watch the games. It's not like anything has necessarily changed. I watch this team, and they win, and I go, that's really great. Jordan Kyra looks good. Um, Robert Thomas looks good. Paul bush looks great. Like Even guys like Brandon Sauter starting to score, like, awesome. But I don't – and then they win. But, like, how I see them playing isn't any different than when they're losing minus, like, the scoring bit. Um, And obviously, goaltending, too. But it's just, like, I don't see this – I don't see a transformation. I'm not watching Mm -hmm. them be like, oh, they're actually playing a lot better. No, they're playing the same, and they're winning, more or less. Um, (laughs) It's And, again, like I said, scoring shows up, goaltending shows up. That's great. But, like, I don't think I've seen – a stretch of games this entire season literally for whatever we're at now 33 games I don't think I've seen a stretch of games where they've played good defense like at all they'll Mm -hmm. have good defense for some shifts a period a game even I mean they played that game against Edmonton earlier this season where they beat them like one nothing and that was probably their best defensive game of the season and it's like that's great but that's the that's the only standout one I can think of um
0: yeah, and the one against Nashville too, it's not like you know, Jordan oh that was Bennington like two really bad good
1: teams. That, that was like well, bad was teams bad trying to bad each other. It's also
0: not like it's not like the defense locked them down, they didn't get any opportunities, like Jordan Bennington right. was good in that game. Right. That was Bennington's best game of the season, probably, but not the defenses necessarily. It's um I mean it goes into evaluating this whole team, but like we've said before, maybe this team claws its way back into the playoff spot. I don't know. The Western Conference is pretty
1: friggin' pathetic this year. We um, are only I mean, when you five can, points out of a spot, or I guess six points, I, but
0: yeah. I, I mean, you got to think about it like this. The Western Conference has 16 teams. Eight of those teams are going to make it, and three of the eight that aren't going to make it are, like, trying to be bad. <laughs> and one it's of true. the remaining five is the Canucks who aren't trying to be bad but are succeeding despite their best (laughs) efforts. So, um, you know, you've got the Coyotes, Blackhawks, and well, oh, and the Sharks. So, four of of the eight, just half of purely half of the eight teams aren't even making an attempt to be good this season. And then um, the Canucks are trying, but they're irrelevant. So, you've really got three teams that you're competing with. That are competing for that final wild card spot, um, you know, uh, and you can almost count the predators out of that too. So it's just kind of a matter of uh, uh, do does one team send five? Because like we're here's the thing. Here's the thing too. Like we're we're five back from a, a wild card spot, but we are five back from the Avalanche and Oilers. Mm-hmm. Who I don't think are getting the final wild card spots. When this thing's said and done, I don't think we're jumping over any of the teams in our division. The Jets aren't going anywhere. You know they're solid. I didn't think they were going to be, but they are. Mm-hmm. Buck works sensational, which he always does. The Stars have obviously evolved, um, and they're a better team than they have been. Jason Robertson is a superstar. They've got Jake Ottinger, who's very good, and Miro Haskin is very good. The Wild are looking good. I mean, their goaltending is a big question mark, but they look pretty good overall. They look better than us overall, despite having like a three-fourths of the budget we do. And the Avalanche have been so gutted by injuries, and you can say, yeah, well, maybe that just continues. Sure, maybe it does, but maybe the sun won't come up tomorrow if you blink twice, you know, like – I think the Avalanche are going to be fine and they're going to be that team that you hate to play, you know, that team that will screw the stars in the first round because they'll have just gotten healthy and still be in fourth place. So like people can talk about this playoff race being wild open, wide open. It's really not, you know, <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. I do. Do you think the blues are better than the Oilers or the Flames?
1: It's like, I a- don't, At their best, I I don't think so.
0: Yeah. And you can then say, do you think the Blues are better than the Kraken and the Kings? Maybe, but they've banked enough points right now that that's not even a conversation we should be having. You know? So I don't know.
1: I didn't realize we're like only one point up on Nashville, but they have like two games in hand. So it's like we could literally just be. You know, in a matter of days, just right above or just above Chicago, Anaheim, Arizona, San Jose, Vancouver, all teams that like suck. That's the suck, yeah. the suckage line. Um, I mean, we're five, we're literally, literally right now a 500 team. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. what this team is. And that's what's so frustrating. It's just, again, it's like, If you're going to be good, be good. I don't think that's in the cards, but like at least make it enjoyable and fun and what have you. It can be like last season. Maybe you knock a team off in the first round. Good times. Um, But you're more likely should be sucking and trying to trade your UFAs at the deadline and and trying to go for a a re-whatever you want to call it. But they're just but but they're too good god damn it there's <laughs> jordan Tyre and robert thomas are too good it's like I, I just it's frustrating to be 500 it's so frustrating as much as it would be boring and a whole different conversation for this podcast if we were freaking chicago or anaheim where it's like yes you're excited that you get a rebuild and you're going for draft picks, and who knows, you know, fun, shiny new things coming down the road, but you have to live through that season. That's a slog and all that stuff. There's, they still got to play, like, 50-plus games of that. It's like, might as well just have the draft now if you're Chicago because you're like, please, I don't want to do this 50 more times. Having yeah. said all that, I'd rather this team pick that direction so we could at least be like, okay, got it. Let's evaluate what we have. Let's, it's. It's just – I don't know if it's more entertaining, but it gives us a direction. Whereas, like right now, it just feels like every week they're like win a few, lost one at the end, lost a few, win one at the end, and I'm like, okay, all right. And then you just have to suffer. People being like, ah, they can put it together, and it's like, no, no, they cannot. They're a 500 (laughs) team. They they have put together. They've created a 500 team, (laughs) like.
0: Bringing it back to the defense, then, I mean, that's where the that's where the rubber really meets the road Because if our defense wasn't so bad and so contractually bad on top of being just bad, bad, <laughs> then you could very easily say, oh, this is just like 17-18 uh, or 18-19. Like, we're not a bad team. We just need a few tweaks. We need a little bit of a reload, and we'll be good. In a mm-hmm. year or two, we'll be fine. Get a couple young kids from a good draft. Um, and try to go out and make something happen. But our our contracts on defense are so bad, and I know. I mean, I know there are those articles that say, "Well, Colt Preco would have buyers if we were looking to sell." Then friggin' sell Doug. I mean, if that's true, friggin' sell him. I'm sorry, like you have to, you have to you have to get rid of at least one of those three big defensive contracts to have a shot at rebuilding this team Mm -hmm. quickly, you know, like you just do because they're only going to get worse. Those That defense is only going to get worse. We have four more years after this of Falk and Crew. You know, Falk is relatively fine of those three, but I think it's gotten to the point where we're like almost forgetting that he's not very good you know, like as a, a as a defenseman at least. Oh like, yeah. You know, he's we've we've we're we're so focused on how bad the other guys are. And and to be fair, last season Justin Falk rocked. You know, I mean he was great last season. This season he's definitely come back down to earth in a big way defensively. Um, and uh, you know, I think it shows in his metrics pretty substantially. Uh but He's um, like
1: 32, you know what I mean? Like he's 30 yeah, years old for, and you've sure. done for four more years. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and that's he's, the
0: problem. All these guys are pretty. You've got your youngest defenseman is Nico Mikali. He's freaking 26. He's not like I'm not saying 26 is old by any means, but it's that's not by any means like a young prospect in the NHL anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a full-age player that Some people would say, well, he's actually getting near the end of his prime, you know, (laughs) like, uh, and he's gone next season if we don't keep him and, you know, we probably shouldn't, we probably shouldn't pay him $3 million to stay on this defense, you know, Callie Rosen has been great this
1: season. Um, We don't even play that dude.
0: Yeah, you're not even playing him regularly. And he's been great. Scott Perinovich God only knows if he'll ever be healthy or anything again. I'm, you know, honestly, I, I don't wish ill on Marco Scandella, but if he's just a career LTIR guy now, hunky-dory, perfect, fantastic. Um, but uh, Tanner Dickinson is on this team, huh? Huh? Are you uh, fucking with me right now? Tanner guy. Dickinson?
1: huh Isn't that the guy we drafted i thought we drafted that guy
0: no you're thinking of somebody else this is oh wait maybe huh i
1: think that's, you're okay. thinking of somebody else
0: uh maybe i am why is he on the season opening ir oh he's only 20 you're right okay i'm thinking of somebody else
1: there's right. a dickinson though you're thinking of somebody yeah jason dickinson
0: that's who it is i'm thinking uh... of Jason
1: Dickinson. Speaking of which, Uh, you know there was a Justin Falk, like F-A-L-K that used to play in the NHL for a while? uh Always threw me.
0: Only because I look it up every once in a while. Yeah, I looked him up on Hockey
1: Reference then it showed his Twitter handle. I clicked on that it says, General Manager slash Head Coach of the Winkler Flyers in the MJHL. Cool. Very interesting. Rock rock on, man. Sick, bro.
0: Um, One other thing. We can come back to the boys if we have more to say. But uh, another thing on the list uh, is uh, the 84-game season. This was apparently tossed around at the um, GM meetings. And uh, they talked about a play-in round as well. Uh, I have yet to hear a hockey fan that does not kind of hate these concepts. Well, except down goes Brown. He's all good with the play-in round oh we don't need like i love hockey and we don't fucking need more hockey man we got 82 i mean the the blues have played less than half a season and it feels like we've been talking about them
1: for a fucking eternity <laughs> <Like, laughs>
0: no that's not i was like that's the
1: hardest part like they're 500 for 50 like, more dis- games
0: distinctly less than half a season too like 33 yeah They've, only, only barely played a third of the season, and I love hockey, and I live and breathe hockey. You don't need more regular season hockey, for God's sake. <laughs> you need less of that, if anything. like I saw somebody say, if you want to make it an 80-game season, then put two playing games, great, do that, mm-hmm. but don't give us more hockey. And that's certainly where I feel. How do you feel?
1: Oh, yeah. The play-in-round thing, I'm okay with if they go to a shorter season. And I'm like, yeah, give these guys a chance to, like, move on. Also, the play-in-round, people I see making arguments are like, what is it? Do you include play-in-round and, and playoff stats? They didn't do that, you know, in the COVID year or the COVID-interrupted year. What are we going to do? Dude, that was a one-off. They didn't know what the frick to do. If they go and do a play-in-round, a um every season it's just the playoffs it's just 12 teams gonna buy <laughs> and then seven you know seven eight nine and ten are in the first round of the playoffs you know that's just how it's gonna be all those stats will be playoff stats but anyways they cannot do play in round if yeah if they're gonna go either if they stay with the 82 game season or if they especially if they go to 84 um there just needs to be, like you said, like less regular season hockey if you're going to do like a best of three thing with these with these teams. Um, secondly, 84 game season is they're solving a problem that they themselves have created. And <laughs> I love that mm-hmm. this is like this to me. I do like a little bit of coding. I'm not like some giant code master, but this to me is like when people write code master baby. They write like some shitty code. And then, rather than going back and like fixing the issues, you just write more code on top of it to like fix your issues. You're like, oh no, we could scrap it and start over, and this could be like a hundred lines. Now I'll just add like a thousand more lines to fix the thing that got screwed up in the first hundred. It's like, okay, you have an eighty-four game, you have an eighty-two game season, you're doing eighty-four games because apparently, because people are pissed that like you're only playing some teams in your division like three times apparently the Oilers and the Flames have already played all their games this season. They only play three against each other. they their things already over. I get that. That's annoying. They should play more games against your division. And so by adding these two more games, they're like, it's a perfectly even split. You play four games against each of your division rivals. You play three games against each of the teams in the other division in your conference. So like for the blues would be the Pacific division and then you play two games the home and away like you currently do against all the teams in the eastern conference or you know the opposing conference and to me it's just like you can do less games and you can take yeah. half of those games away against the eastern conference like please <laughs> i know mm-hmm. their argument is always well like what if you're a penguins fan and you don't get to see sydney crosby play the la kings this year i'm like Bro, turn on a computer. <laughs> like You can watch them play on a screen. And if you want to watch them play live, literally alternate. Just have 16 games against the other conference. Well, you know what? They played the Penguins in Pittsburgh last year. You, now they're playing. LA's playing the Penguins in LA this year. And you'd be fine. It'd be Okay. They're always talking about like kids. Like kids need to see the stars. I'm like kids are on phones when they're three. Like they'll see them. They'll they'll see them. We'll see them on TikTok. We'll see them on Instagram. We'll live chat with them from from the space station. Like uh, freaking wormholes and Mars and what have you. Look, it's fine. It's okay. I just don't understand why you have to play the other conf the other conference twice for each team. Like personally whenever the, like the blues are playing the senators again i'm like i don't give a shit i don't care there's a reason they they put those games in ticket packages that like mm-hmm. are the cheaper tickets because they're like that's not in my conference so i don't care like especially on the other side of things right if you're in the eastern conference none of the it's so you could east coast bias They give two shits when Anaheim shows up but don't care like, at least if you're from the West Coast, you're like, hey, it's the New York Rangers, hey, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs or whatever. But, like, just I don't understand. I don't understand why you just don't cut half of those and then give those 16 games, like, you could literally give them exclusively to your division. You could make it five times you play it, the Blackhawks or whatever. And honestly, if you're going to try and do this whole thing in the playoffs where they're like, Oh, it's all about division rivalries. And that's why we have the playoffs set up the way that we do We really want you to like, always have to play your own division. Like, like the first two rounds, so you're really pissed at each other. Like, how about just give me five games against the Jets throughout the season? And I'm like, man, I hate the F and Jets. And then when we play them, <laughs> there's your rivalry. And then flip side, totally other thing. I'm just going to rant. They should go to the one through eight thing in the playoffs. Like, why are we doing this division yes. shit? like i enjoyed playing the kings in the playoffs uh it was fun it was different you played the sharks sometimes the first round whoa crazy like and again for for everyone that's always complaining it would also be better because the first team first seed team gets the easiest opponent or whatever and then when when the freaking kings beat the canucks or whoever they did in 2012 it's like a it's like a real upset it's like oh shit here comes some dumpster team and they just beat the president's trophy team. This is like, this is a big deal. I mean, not beating the president's trophy team, it always happens, but like, you know, it's, it just seems more interesting to me. They really need to do start hockey in October, very beginning of October. The end of the regular season needs to be like mid March, honestly, maybe the end of March. So you don't whatever with March madness, but like you could have the Stanley cup needs to be handed out before June like just condense this thing a little bit, but they never will because less games is less advertising, which is less dollars. So it's like, I'm honestly surprised that it's taken them our whatever 12 plus years of watching this team uh, to even increase it from 82 games. I'm surprised we're not at a hundred yet. Like just like more, 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 more. Uh, There you go.
0: Yeah. It's been quite a something.
1: This, uh, this, this, um, Sparkling water has lots of sugar and I'm on a sugar high now.
0: Sugar high, exactly. Uh, Ian, speaking of things that are high, I don't, that's not a transition anything. I included something at the bottom of this uh, document that I wanted you to see. I, I sometimes mainly oh. just search search. uh oh, boy. eBay for, for cards of different kinds. Uh, this is a PSA 10 Umbreon VMAX. That sold just a few minutes ago for $720, which is absurd. Uh, although I, I paid more for that for a car, but, card, but it was Austin Matthews's Young Gun. Okay. So it was a <laughs> real thing. It didn't, wasn't just some shiny Pokemon. It's not some
1: but, fake uh, drawn Japanese monster.
0: That's right. That's right. But I mostly wanted to share this because this card art's friggin' sick.
1: Oh, yeah. I would
0: not pay. Uh, 500 or 700 dollars for a Pokemon card, but if I did, it might be this one because it's got a giant purple outlined Umbreon reaching for the moon, climbing off the tallest tower at Hogwarts. Although I'm sure it's not actually Hogwarts, but it's definitely Hogwarts.
1: That's probably uh, never more.
0: That's probably never more. Oh my god, have you watched? You've watched, yeah, I've Hall watched,
1: I've finished. You it. were
0: supposed to tell me all of your thoughts, and you texted me for like one night, one <laughs> night. <laughs> Um, should we talk about uh, Wednesday then before we sign
1: off hold
0: on give the people if you haven't watched Wednesday you can log out now Merry Christmas Happy Holidays giving them their chance to leave if you haven't watched Wednesday they'll get with the fucking program you have time to watch it before Christmas and if you don't watch it before Christmas you're getting cold so um, (laughs) not uh, not uh, Cole in your stocking, NHL defenseman Ian. although he did bad stuff, right? So <laughs> well, maybe not Ian Cole but, allegedly.
1: Uh... <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. Would you like an alleged um... criminal in your stocking? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, give us your uh Wednesday thought on this Thursday afternoon. It, it
1: was very good. I enjoyed that show a lot more That's than I got. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. For something that is the second most streamed like English language show on Netflix, like only behind like this last Stranger Things season. Uh, I was like, I gotta watch this then, I gotta see what the hype is. And it was very good. It was very, I've never seen Riverdale at all, but I uh-huh. feel like this is Riverdale, but with the Adams family sort of thing, you know. Um, where they they took they took some characters, they put a little a, not even like a full twist a little twist on them and uh i think it turned out it turned out really well sometimes i forgot that i was watching a show that was probably targeted more towards like teenagers probably because i'd be like man she's got like five love interests already that was only in the first episode but like i guess we're in spoilers whatever that kid the kid that initially dies seemed like he was in her for a second i'm like you've met three boys in one but then he's, but then she's then he's
0: fucking killing her trying to yeah, that. but
1: she's probably into that though, you know.
0: Well, that's, that's her true. that's old shtick. Have,
1: uh, that's she does like stabbing. Um, that's true. I, not a not a probably the coldest take because everyone's already had this take. But uh, what's her name? Jenna Ortega, fantastic. Uh-huh. The real it girl of late
0: 2022.
1: <laughs> gonna be <laughs> yeah, gonna be okay. in. Remember that name because she's going to be in like twenty things, and you're going to get real tired of her. And then she's going to disappear, and then she's going to be in some art stuff later on, and she'll have a fine career. I found some. I found some random Disney show That's that she so was in. Like
0: fully accurate, what you just said. Oh
1: yeah,
0: it makes me uh, almost sad for her.
1: I found some Disney show she was in from like four or five years ago
0: that's like straight
1: stalking Jen that's right that's right weeks. well it said i looked i looked her up because i was <laughs> well, like <"What?"> <laughs> stalking, <laughs> i wanted to see what i, what, out. I have this. i seen you in anything before and it said that she was in this disney channel show and then i looked that disney channel show up and this girl her character is in a family that has like seven kids and she's the middle one you know so it's all about being the middle kid and forgotten or whatever and in this like one minute intro i watched on youtube she says something like my older siblings are like they're the they're the early days in the week or whatever they're the ones that are important and and paid attention to and my younger siblings they're the they're the later days in the week they're always fun and what everyone's looking forward to and she's like i think that just leaves me with being wednesday and i was like oh
0: i bet it did i bet it does i bet she sent that in she sent
1: that in her audition they're like oh she's ready She's chosen. She I will say, chosen. I will say, Christina Ricci walked in with muddy boots in like the first scene after someone died in like the rain or whatever, and I was like, "And there we go." <laughs> wow, well, you
0: caught on quite sooner than me. I was, uh, I was not quite so fast, but that's dope.
1: I was like, uh, "Yeah, Ricci, she." They brought you on here for this.
0: She was bad, and I didn't like it.
1: I didn't um, think the, I didn't think her boyfriend was going to be yeah. the monster because no that
0: made me sad because i'm a big shipper you know i ship 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 That's i like i'm shipping
1: <laughs> I, I like him but go. did you did it not bother you how often he uh was like constantly That's sort of creepy. like questioned something that was going on and scrunched up yeah. his eyebrows he's like oh, I yeah. guess he you want scrunchie. like a coffee or something wednesday oh yeah he was a big scruncher i'm like dude change your face
0: yeah, his, I think that was like I honestly think that might have been on purpose to like make us a little, a um, little off up by him just to yeah. be like oh this guy you know because like when I watched it back I was like
1: now yeah
0: that makes sense now um, but uh, yeah it was I just thought it was a great show I, I didn't expect it to be like action at all and I didn't right. expect it to be as funny as it was um I loved it. I
1: thought it was directed. I, I, full disclosure, have never watched more than like maybe 10 or 15 minutes of each of the Adam Stanley movies. Like, I know all the characters and everything, but I've never actually watched them. And I feel like I need to go watch them because I know it's like a different vibe and what have you. But it's cool that they got Christine Ricci in there. I thought it was cool that they like that it was still directed or at least produced by what's his face? Good old goth boy himself.
0: Uh, Timmy Burtz
1: yeah Tim Tim Burtz Tim,
0: Timmy Burks, as they <laughs> say everybody calls him that I've heard
1: I like how they resolved people. this season and then they instantly were like someone's watching her and then they're like eh, we gotta give you another season we know you kids love love more shit <laughs> um, yeah we know
0: you kids love sequels right I do
1: like, too, I was like, oh, are they things are supernatural, but do people know that these outcasts are supernatural? And then pretty quick, oh, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. we know. <laughs> they're like wolves and shit. And I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Very interesting.
0: Yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, that was a unique thing to be like, we're just in the middle of Rhode Island or wherever the fuck. And this is happening. The one thing I thought was hilarious is like uh, <laughs> they built up Crackstone as like the arch nemesis for the entire season. And then he's there for like 69 seconds. Oh, yeah. And he's nice. very ridiculous in
1: his screen time, which was even better. Just very like, yeah. I know. <laughs> <You> know,
0: like...
1: <laughs> it turned into like a weird Halloween show real quick.
0: Yeah, and have for you like ever
1: 90 se- seconds. I've never seen these movies, but I've seen the VHS covers of them in Blockbuster. Have you ever seen those like horror leprechaun movies?
0: Uh-huh
1: that's exactly I mean, when he showed up i'm like, like they fucking got this leprechaun
0: dude <laughs> yeah that's exactly what he also said. he's like You're
1: lighting like, shit on fire and has a magic staff and he's like you freaks and i'm like what bro come on now <laughs> hold on a sec hold up i don't yeah, know there
0: was just uh i feel I, like that was almost lazy how he was utilized but like i don't want to be like too mean to the show, but it was just like so much effort to get there.
1: They, they spent, I will admit that at the end, they kind of sped up real quick. They're like, once you figured it out, we got to end this sucker. We got to end this quick.
0: Yeah. I, I almost feel like they could have done with a ninth episode or something just because it was like, um, like Goody Adams too. It was like, she was like, once I pass through the <laughs> void, you, we, we cannot communicate again. I'm like, bitch, you've said like six words to each other. Who cares? <laughs> I don't want to I die. It. Right. I thought of that too, and she's like, "If I if I
1: help you, you'll never see me again." I'm like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> you hold me up. let <laughs> so go.
0: I got bitches to kill. Um, but uh, I like Uncle oh, Fester.
1: Another... That was good.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't realize that was even Fred Armisen. Like I could tell it was somebody I knew, but I had to look it up to figure it out. Um. Also, he... I thought Enid was just an absolute star. Oh yeah, I'm gonna know who that actresses it's so good such a good like foil um, to Wednesday and uh, yeah she just rocked and when she finally wolfed out I was like this is it this is the moment I've been waiting for Um, and uh, what's her name Bianca also you know oh, yeah. really really pulled it off at the end there. I thought she was a, a real evil bitch the whole time but <laughs> you know she wasn't so
1: yeah, I thought like everyone in there did really did a really good job. Like even the the principal, I can't remember that name, Gwendolyn Gwendolyn Christie. Uh-huh.
0: The, yeah,
1: she did a really good job. She's sad they old. killed her. I was like,
0: oh. Yeah, she t- finally did something good, and then they killed her immediately. That was another one that felt very rushed. Like, oh, cool! They pulled this. They pulled one over on Christina Ricci, and now oh she's dead.
1: She's, dead. she's dead. already she's dead. She's That's they killed gone. her off because she was like, I'm not signing up for a season two.
0: You know what's funny is that Hyde really looks like the Tyler guy too when you like because of like the bug eyes and all mm. that sort of stuff, like it's his features on the face of it. But like you wouldn't have necessarily told been able to see that until you kind of saw that it was him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like how much well, is he is he transforming?
0: I also like how fully psychotic Wednesday went, like in the final episode, with like the full-on torture of that guy. And it's like, all right. Oh yeah. You know, maybe maybe pull it back a little bit, you know.
1: I did like that because it was starting to it was starting to get, and I get it, like I said, I understand it's uh what audience this is for and everything, but like it was starting to get a little like, oh, she's gonna she had she kissed somebody and blah blah. I'm like, is this really Wednesday Adams, is this what her character would do? But I'm like, I guess in this interpretation, sure. But then at the end, yeah, when she's going full torture, and then even when for like um, Christine Ricci's character, she like curb stomped. She's like, mm-hmm. turn away, B boy. And then she curb stomped this girl. I mean, you know, cut to black. But I was like, what did you do? Did you kill her? Is she dead? I hope so. It was dope.
0: I also like uh, on on uh, the adams family wiki which of course exists
1: under tyler
0: galpin it uh, has his birthday which i don't know how we know that but it also says uh, occupation barista and then in parentheses formerly i'm like we don't know that he was fired in the weather no, <laughs> to be fair all we know is that he was being taken away in chains but you know um i hope there are more hides to fight next time and more monsters and more stalkers and everything else. It's gonna be dope. I'm excited. Greatest I'm show ever, I would say. I would say very conservatively. <laughs> and uh, you know, no. I was I just thought it was good. No shows barred, best show. That's fine. Exactly. Um so yeah, watch Wednesday if you haven't, if you've listened to all this, well you're an idiot. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs>
1: You dummy. Just kidding.
0: I I also don't care about spoilers. So, you know, uh, welcome to the club. Oh, Ian, before we go, I I meant to ask you, that's right out of the gate. But um, before we go, I have a very important question for you. And Mm. we will end on this. This is the most important question I can ask you. When you put socks and shoes on your feet, do you go... Sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe.
1: I feel like we're probably on the same page, but I don't want I don't want to go too strong yet until I figure out I do both my socks, then the shoes.
0: Thank you. Thank God. I I just found out that this other category of freaks exists <laughs> and, and I know the show we just talked about. Taught the one lesson it taught us to not call people freaks and outcasts, but those people are freaks
1: and outcasts. <laughs> These people should be locked up. Uh, oh, that's the other. Who's oh, that's doing,
0: who's out here doing socks, shoe sock shoe.
1: So for if a moment, a sock shoe
0: sock shoe person, don't listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you. Who, for yeah. a split second, you're wearing a full a fully clothed foot, <laughs> and the other one is bare not clothed at all
0: yes correct. nothing
1: upon it that's so that's gross that's terrible i don't like that i don't i don't, know. I don't like that i all. don't get it
0: that's not for me um okay so well thank you for answering that correctly i'm very pleased i appreciate you you're a great friend it is christmas we'll see each other soon we're both in st louis but that's right. ain't nobody leaving the fucking house tonight <laughs> we just recorded over the air Honestly, i didn't think bring
1: Driving around recently, like at all. I think no, everyone's no, just no. inside. Ain't nobody out there. It's death. It's wiped out. Only the death. Um,
0: that's right. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. If you made it this far, and uh, Merry Christmas. You know, happy holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time with your family. We will talk next week sometime, and uh, we'll see you all
1: soon. When the sun goes down and the moon comes up. Yeah, I cruise through the city and I...